You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, uh, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, uh, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. Uh, we got another guest with us today who has a, a story that you brothers need to hear. Um, he actually knew me before I was a father. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I look. I know the podcast is just starting to get good to you, but but I just wanted to let you know that the um, the ebook, the ebook, Seven Steps to Being Healthy and Fit, it's free, completely free. So uh, if you are are not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach, and you click the link in the bio, uh, and you can go ahead and grab that ebook right now. If you're not able to do that right now, I'm going to go ahead and put it down in the show notes somewhere. You can find that link. Go ahead and grab your copy of the book. Uh, if you don't like to read, you can also look on my YouTube page. I actually went through each step and detailed it and actually gave a ton more information uh, that's actually in the book. So, again, go ahead and grab your copy, your free copy of Seven Steps to Being Healthy and Fit. And let's get back to the podcast. Way, way back in the day. Uh, so we've been knowing each other. Wow, it's been like 20 years. 25 years. Yeah, so you, you can say 30. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Just go ahead and round up. It's been a real long time, man, but I, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Like I said, you have a story uh, that I think is very unique and something that, that brothers need to hear. And and uh, when I talked to you about it, you said something that really resonated with me. And it was, you know, you don't know how many brothers would have fought like you fought. I'm not going to give away too much, but uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Guy Avian. Appreciate it. Appreciate hi, it. Hi. How you doing today, bro? Oh man, as they say, all is well. Can't complain. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, fellas, the pandemic has been rough on us and on our relationships, man. I know a lot of guys are struggling, trying to find that 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 peace, that balance, trying to build that relationship. And and honestly, even if you if you did well during the pandemic and your relationship is solid, it's always good to try to be better. So we're doing it again. My wife and I are bringing you the virtual couples retreat for our second year, right? Last year was phenomenal. Tons and tons of uh, results. People got an opportunity to to share. It's an inclusive thing. So not only are we teaching you, uh, there's yoga, there's couples massage. There's all these different parts that go into it, man. And, And the connection with you and your lady is phenomenal. This year, we'll be doing it November uh, 14th. I'll be posting more about the actual dates, but I just wanted to give you guys a heads up, man. That thing is coming around soon. So grab your lady, uh, you know, let's, let's build on these relationships. Remember for your children, that relationship between you and your wife or your girlfriend is, is super, super important in them understanding and having emotional intelligence. They are watching you. So make sure you're giving them a shining example. All right, man, back to the podcast. All right. So um, 
you know, we, we talk about fatherhood and when we say our fatherhood journey, a lot of times we start like in the middle, right? When we become a father um, and then we start telling that story. But there's always that part before, right? When you were being fathered and, and what, what your relationship was uh, with your father. And so I like to kind of start there with, with you as a young man. Uh, what was what was your uh, what was your childhood like with with your father? Uh, well, once again, you know, we grew up around each other. My dad was a typical dad, quote unquote, right? Uh, my dad was from Liberia, so you know, meaning the culture for him, it wasn't American culture; it was a straight African culture. Uh, mm -hmm. And in his house, that's how I was raised as an African man. So, you know, not quote unquote, as he would say, Black American. I was raised as an African, you know, uh, an African kid. So my father instilled, man, tough love, dude. Like, there was no I love you. There was no, you know, give me a hug or a high five. To be honest with you, he cared less even when I played sports. So, you know, it was just one of those, it was just all tough, real tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've heard that from from some of my other friends that are like, the the american the black american culture is like it's <laughs> let let my boy tell it is soft like I, my dad is soft and they, i thought my dad was tough and he was like nah man <laughs> nah not at all um and so so what do you like obviously now you're a father do you take some of those those traits and you still kind of oh, you, you father a little bit like that or, or are you a little bit different well it's funny you know you actually say that and let's just be real we're all whether we face it or not, we got traits of our parents, period, right? So, right. well, you know, my dad, he gets passed in April, but before then, let's say my son, when he was first born, and then he was two doing certain things, my dad would be like, don't do that to him. Like, what? You did to me? And he said, I was wrong. Like, <laughs> but this is how I thought I could do it. But now, um, nah, you know, like I said, my dad instilled a lot of stuff in me where, like you say, the story, it, it all pertains to my background, man. Uh, and I really believe having a strong, I'm going to say father, man. That's that, I don't like the, you know, when Africans, the whole black and, you know, as, yeah. as, as men of color, yeah, it's always going to be hard to do what? To raise your kids. And all we can do is what? Try to do the best we can do. And that's all right. I saw my dad do. The best that he could do. So, and I'm trying, you know, take that with my kids. Um, Israel, my old son, would tell you, Dad, why do you work all the time? Dad, if I don't work, you don't eat. And we don't live. But it's something that he sees. Something I saw in my dad. My dad was mm -hmm. never really home. I mean, just work, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that that's a common common thread, man, is, is that, that work, like, father's working right because we got to provide and we we have to make sure that we you know keep a roof over the head and clothes in the back food in the mouth um and you say your dad wasn't he was always working when he wasn't working though what, did you feel like he was fully present like he was there and, and available if you needed him oh uh, i mean you know once again i couldn't talk to my dad certain ways and say you could talk to your dad you know right. my dad everything was so cynical uh you know i'll say a joke How's that funny? I'm like what? Like I thought it was funny, but for him, everything's <laughs> a life lesson, you know. And mm. that's why I kind of, you know, for me, I was always joking around because I, I couldn't do it at home. So mm -hmm. <laughs> down the streets, that's where you know my character I could show who I was. 
Now, I know my father was strictly on, for him, academics. Mm -hmm. Being born and raised in Africa, you see, is more of a, it's serious, right? Because they're trying to get to America to obtain the American dream, right? To, to, mm -hmm. to live right. So I always had the back of my head that I got to press hard because my dad came from nothing. The man didn't even have a birth certificate. So that's how real it is for me to understand my dad is really African. <laughs> you know, like the man, no, he, know, he didn't even know his age. So again, the stories that he would tell me, yeah, I would listen. That's why when I hear certain things, you know, so like fatherhood, it don't add up to me, you know? Mm. But he showed me what a man is supposed to do, but he didn't even have a father. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so, like, what are what are some of those some of those lessons that you think you know you you got? Because I know there's always like uh, like something that your dad might have said or something that he might have done. There's always these things that we remember because I remember stuff that my dad said or there's says probably to this day. Uh, that stuck with me that I use with my kids or that I, I'll like hear myself say it and I'll be like, dang, sound like my dad, man. Hey, and that's how, that's, that's how it can be. And that's how it is. Um, yeah. My dad main thing he preached, you know, almost to the day he passed away is be patient. Like, why be patient? Because, you know, well, let's just be real. Nothing's going to happen before his time, mm. <laughs> you know? And I never understood it, but now I, I'm telling you, I really do. And even as far as respecting your parents, okay? Because as he would tell me, oh, you know, you, you know the saying, <laughs> what happened to Marvin Gaye? What? You know, like, you're going to kill me. Keep messing with yeah. me. Like, all right, pop. <laughs> yeah, like, but I understood him, you know, to say, do what you got to do and listen to me. Help me guide you. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then that's on you. You know, but yeah, I mean, the favorite saying is what? A tiger don't change their stripes. You are who you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, so Pops was, Pops was tough, but he was definitely dropping, dropping gems and giving you lessons and you're learning kind of through seeing him and, and through, through interacting with him. Um, so we actually ended up playing against each other in high school. Right? I think that was the first time we played against each other. Yes. And, uh, cause you, you were at Pinole, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. 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 So, so then, so we play high school football. You end up going to college, correct? Yes. Where, where did you go to school? Well, watch this. I took the long route, you know, <laughs> Okay. and I'm going to LMC, you know, then I was at Wayne state in uh, Nebraska. Okay. It was not for me. That was a good four-way stop sign town. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then snow. Nope. Wasn't doing it. And then uh, I actually came back, got my AA degree, and ended up at uh, Abilene Christian. Okay. That in itself was a – it was an eye-opener, man. Like, we talk about football. I mean, I know you down south, so y'all got all the, all the action, all the, all the nice, you know, football. But Texas – <laughs> it's a whole different ball game. It's religion, yo. I mean, it's it is what it is. Like what we see Friday Night Lights and Varsity Blues. 
Yeah, it's real. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I hear, man. I hear that uh that Texas football. I mean, we got some we got some powerhouses here and there, and we got schools where they got a real big oh, culture of football, but. Yeah. But uh, in Texas, it's a whole a whole different world, right? Man, I'm telling you, like I say, I was in Abilene, and you can look up, like, I think between 04 and 07, I'm going to say, because I graduated, Abilene High was a, man, a powerhouse, powerhouse. Them boys would come up to Abilene, come lift weights. I'm talking about 6'5", six, 6'4", six, big horses. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah. Man, okay, okay. Had a journey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you graduated two thousand seven, um, and then how long after after you graduate, um, do kids come into the picture? Oh man, kids, kids came in like them here years later, years later, man. I was, okay, what twenty four ish? So about well, I was thirty one. So about yeah, okay, about yeah, yeah, and even that in a sense, you know, I hate to say it, <laughs> I rushed. You know what I'm saying? Not being patient. You see, mm-hmm. but however, man, the kids are a blessing, man. And that, you know, like you say, get into fatherhood. That's what it was about for me. Seeing something that I created, you know, and seeing something that I know is mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you see my kids, I, mean, I can't deny them if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, so 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 you waited. I mean, like you graduated, you waited till you were uh, to thirty one. Why do you feel like that wasn't a long enough wait? I mean, that's what four years, five years, four years. Well, no, it was about seven years after after college. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you know, I think you know, we all had the junior college route. <laughs> we're a little older, you know. Right, right. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, he just got down to me like, yo, what am I doing out here? You know, I can't be hopping around this girl, that girl. I, I want to settle down, right? So. That's mm-hmm. what it was for me, but also to find what that right person. Well, right. anyway, but uh, yeah, so I wasn't into the whole, you know, like just do anything and make any woman mine. Nah, it wasn't like that at all for me. Okay, all right. So, so you 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 found the one, or at least that's what you thought at the time. Exactly. Um, and then and then you guys you guys she gets pregnant. Um, walk us through that right so now you're 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 about to be a dad uh what's going through your head at that point well at that point you know like i, I, I try to say you know i feel like I, I did things the right way you know I, I i got married and basically he was conceived that night you know so you know i was happy as hell like you know really happy the fact of you know maybe she was pregnant you know and like i said fatherhood i'm about to be a dad mm-hmm. didn't know if it was a boy didn't know if it was a girl but I just knew. Guess what? I'm about to have. I'm about to have a baby. Now, the funny story to this is, one lady went to Indonesian place. I think she was trying to go on lunch break, and she told me basically I was having a girl. I was like, okay. Then we went somewhere else. It's out having a boy. So now I'm real confused. Like, uh, <laughs> can you really show me? Can you show me? Is you know what? And then she told me. I was like, oh, whoo. But see, that's how it all started. <laughs> it was fifty-fifty uh, for me. Like, oh god, this is uh. But regardless, though, man, blessing is not even the word, man. To, to to describe being a father, dude. Like, it's just something that's that's that, that like you know, it's come from you. That's mm-hmm. you. This is something where you have to grow and help them grow. 
man. It's, it, yeah. It's prideful, put it like that. It's real prideful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you 100%. 100%. Um, okay, so so then your son is born. Um, and then I was like being a new dad. Like, I, I know, like, I was super excited to become a father, but I didn't know what that meant yet. You know what I mean? And then you become a father and the baby is there and there's a crying and the diet, like all that stuff. Uh, what was that like for you? Oh man, that was, that was a tough part, you know? And you know, we all know I'm a big man and holding babies, not my forte. Like, Oh God, oh, he's moving. Oh no. Oh, take it. You know, I was so scared. But then again, you know, I was like, man, I, I really, I really pray. Like, I just calm my nerves. This my boy. And then, you know, fatherhood became real good to me, man. Like, I would change his diapers more than she would, you know, and I would just want to be up with him, you know. So, yeah, it was it was delightful for me, man. Delightful. Yeah, yeah. Once you got the hang of it, once you got the hang of it, you just kind of all into it, right? Yeah, yeah, man. But, you know, that, that sleep is real. <laughs> you ain't getting it. <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's for everybody man i you know what's funny though i had a i had a, a friend of mine um who who i don't know how he managed this but he didn't do any of the night feedings or night changings like if it was nighttime he was sleep i don't know how he finagled that i don't know what magic he worked but he that was like his off time right any other time he would do it any other time but at night for whatever reason he got a pass so uh, he got to sleep well. He's like the only one of us. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what, I received a couple of kicks to get up. Like, man, like, I, like yeah, your turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you, you got your son, you're embracing fatherhood. And then how, how much longer after that, like how far apart are, is your son and your daughter? Well, they're actually like two and a half years apart. Um, but also my ex-wife had a, she had a miscarriage, uh, and that was, I think, a year after we had Israel. And, uh, of course, they, you know, tried again. And what happened was, I believe it was late June or something, where she, I guess, thought she had another miscarriage. And the doctor said, well, we're not going to rule a miscarriage yet until we figure out, you know, what's going on, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And if she said if certain, I forgot what the word was, but if certain things multiply to 10,000, then, you know, she's pregnant, right? Well, mm-hmm. if we went, we, she went in the, the day where they were supposed to, and it, went, it was not 10,000, whatever, it was like 75,000. So she was pregnant. So, really, the tip to the tail of that story is my daughter was a twin, but she oh, wow. wanted to, yeah. So, you know, that's what she likes to tell people, like, oh, yeah, Krista has a twin, and, you know, but the twin didn't make it, which, you know, that's, you know, the truth, you know, so. Right. Yeah, but then... Oh, wow. Yeah. And then so in, at, at that point, though, see, the fatherhood, you know, was kind of like, you know, in question where, you know, it was a rough, it was a big rough patch for me as a man because whatever me and my ex-wife were going through at that time, she felt the need to, I'm going to say, yeah, ask me to, like, leave or be separated. And at this mm-hmm. point, you know, I feel like my world's coming down like, yo, I have a girl, a girl, like a daughter. I like why do you want me to leave the house? You see, like that was my whole thing. But then again, I was trying to be peaceful, and I did it. You know, we were separated from January until I got back to the house. I'm gonna say July, and then maybe two months later, that's when the whole divorce happened. 
And all this oh, time, wow. yeah, all this time, you see, my daughter is not really around me. And to be honest with you, you, I mean, you a girl dad. Yeah. Your world really is different when you have a girl. Period. You don't want nobody near her that you think will hurt her. You don't want to, you don't, you want everything, everything she say, you want to do. Everything mm-hmm. that you think, you just, you, you got to do it. So mm-hmm. I missed a majority of my my daughter growing up, and it, that hurt me bad. Period. Yeah, yeah. So how how old was your daughter when you guys split up? She was one month. Literally. Oh wow. Yeah. So right right away. Yeah, I mean you could call that postpartum, whatever you want to call it. But like then again, you know, if somebody like my dad also this is one thing my dad you always say. If somebody don't want you around, don't be around them. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with you every single day in front of my kids because that to me, that's not healthy at all. And at that right, point, right. I felt like you want me to leave. Okay, fine, but I'll still support my kids. And like I left you out there cold turkey, but I'm not gonna be somewhere where I'm not wanted. Right. All right, so daughter's born a month later. Uh, you know, you guys separate and you're gone for six months, uh, and then divorce shortly after. Um what is that? What does that do? Like, first of all, let's back up. During that six months where you're separated, like, what's your what's your level of being able to spend time with your kids? Like, are you able to? And I see this is where you know the story, the hardships begins. You feel me? And when I say that, I mean, okay. So the first time separated, I was basically at my boy' house, you know, paying for a rented room. At the same time, I was still kind of still giving my second job paycheck to her for my kids. So I wasn't being, you know, selfish and, you know, oh, you know, you got the kid. No, I was taking care of mine. Mm-hmm. Now we press fast forward where, you know, when I came back and I had to leave again because of the divorce. Now I'm telling you, your boy was in a, I was sleeping in my homeboy's garage. And that is when, for me, it was low point lowest point probably in my life ever. Like I thought I broke up my ankle and me not trying to go to Oregon was, was bad. <laughs> it, it, it was real bad. Just knowing the fact of I could have my kids over, but where are they going to go play at? You know? Um, right. And then receiving them only for hours and then have to take them home. Man, it was, it was hard. It was real hard. Was that a was that a was that a custody thing, like the hours thing? Well, yeah, I mean, it became a custody thing because of you know false allegations, and you know she got me basically the night we separated, or no, when everything was over the divorce. I ain't gonna lie. Yes, I uh, <laughs> I got loud. I calmed myself down, and basically, you know, I thought everything was gonna be over. But she tried to use it in court and say that, oh, he threatened me, blah, blah, blah. And the judge basically looked at me and was like, well, sir, you, you probably did. I'm like, probably. There's no probably. I did not I, I did what I did, but I didn't touch her. But she mm-hmm. put a restraining order on me for whatever reason that she thought. And the judge granted her. So that in itself, wow. yeah, for the custody battle, it kind of stung me, right? Then I messed up. See, like, so tell fellas, be on the court stuff, you know, because I went thinking, oh, I, I got 30 days. 
But when I turned in, whatever I turned in, it was the 31st day, not 30th day. And I got rolled on default. And by oh, you know, default, she got to call the shots. <laughs> Until I got out of default. And that's how it all started. So, man. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so we, we getting, getting to it. So, so you guys get divorced. You, 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 uh, She's got this custody situation that sucks. Um, you know, it's not ideal. <clears throat> and then, so you're living in your boy's garage. How do you, did you stay there, or how long did you? How long were you there before you were able to? Nah, I, I stayed there. I stayed down for about what two months. Two months I stayed there, and then uh, I got this coaching, uh, kind of coaching, this teaching job. Okay, and the teaching job I got it paid well. Okay. And I was also doing the group home work. Um, so I was able to kind of sort of save my money and get out. But by me getting the job okay. I got, of course, and her catching wind of it, she went to court and <laughs> that's how, you know, more custody battle or no child support went up. So here I am working, like I say, three jobs now, just trying to maintain in a one bedroom apartment for 1860. Well, I'm giving over what it was three eighty nine child support, no three thirteen eighty nine. So I'm like, man, how am I supposed to live, <laughs> get sleep? But I'm doing all these, you know three jobs, and the system don't care. They don't, which right, man, yeah, man. But yeah, that's when. Yeah, that that's that's tough, dog. <sighs> all right, all right, so. But 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 as as a father, right? You fathering forward. You continuing continuing to do what you got to do. Oh yeah. Um. And and then and then things take take an even worse turn, right? Like when when does when does when when do things get worse? Like you kind of managing that now. Like you you got you kind of have it figured out, and you you work in multiple jobs so you could pay your bills, pay child support, and all that. But but you know that's not enough. What 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 happens next? All right. So what happens next is you know then. For her, she called herself, you know, a spiritual leader, whatever you want to call it. And she started attending this Hebrew Israelite church. Okay. And this is, I'm going to say, two years removed. Let's just go forward. Right. And mm -hmm. um, she starts getting heavily involved into it. I didn't want it because I'm like, you're teaching my kids to me, you know, prejudice, racism. I'm not about that life. However, there's good Christians, there's bad Christians. There's good Muslims, there's bad Muslims. However, the way you're teaching is wrong. I had no say-so in it, and that's the way that she wanted, you know what I'm saying, basically the kids grow up where it's all on her. Yeah. There was no, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that, right? So this is where it started formulating. Okay. Um, and then I guess there were talks of, see, going back to Ghana. This is our homeland, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So then she formulates in some kind of group, another woman's group, where now this woman's group, they call themselves <laughs> Shebrews, they start talking about going back to Africa. Now, if we put a pin in it, this is a year before it all goes down. So 
2020, she kept asking me for my driver license. I'm like, for what? She's like, for the passports. Just one day, what if we want to take the kids somewhere? You know, I I need a passport. And I didn't, you know, pay attention. I'm like, no, I'm not giving you my license. Now, her other ex-husband, me and him, we're pretty good friends. Like, we talk all the time. And he told me that. He was like, well, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it to her. What can she do? And I'm thinking in my head, well, yeah, you know, you're right. What can she do, right? So I give her my driver license, not understanding what, like you say, the big turn. Mm-hmm. So when I gave her my driver license whatnot, she had herself went to uh, to Houston, Texas. And when she went to Houston, she was sent there by her group. And this group basically sent her to someone who would notarize the paperwork. So you see where I'm coming from? So this is how yeah. it all started with that notary. And once she got the notary, she was always trying to, like, say, go to court. She had to try to get out of the custody stuff, saying, oh, we can work things out together. And I said, hell no. Uh, we can't even agree. <laughs> on what time Christmas, you know what I'm saying, or you won't let my kids celebrate holidays. And you think that I'm going to say we can work things out? No. But you see, she was preparing herself to leave out the country. But she was mm-hmm. telling me that she wanted to move to the East Coast. And <laughs> so by doing so, it happened. So we met up at Lowe's in, uh, I won't say February-ish. Yeah, it was February something. And she kept pressing me. Like, hey, uh, since you think y'all's worth so high, you know, you just pay 700 and you pay for the plane tickets half. I'll go half of your plane tickets and we'll, you know, work things out. I'm not signing nothing. Sorry. Take me to court. Her daughter was trying to get one of my friends, well, you know, Javon, was trying to give Javon's mm-hmm. daughter the same thing, like, to recruit her. And then Javon was like, oh, no, you can't hang with her no more. And she told me, she said, Gene, protect your kids. I went to the court. I filed for whatever petition. And then the next month, I get a phone call. I'm at work. And basically telling me, <laughs> we're in Africa now. What? Wow. Wait, wait, wait. So let's slow down for a second. So... <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, when you're telling the story, it sounds like a. It, first of all, it sounds like a movie. Off top, like, you, like, like, like you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm watching it play out in my head, and I'm like, "Yo, she was super scheming." <laughs> she was always just kind of like, "Wow, that's crazy." Yeah. All right, so, so I, I don't understand. So she wanted to. She's trying to work out the custody thing so that she wouldn't be legally bound at all, and it would just be between the two of you. Off top, Is that what I was trying to. Okay, yeah. and then. And she's like, you know, we'll lower the money. What was the plane tickets for? She's like, give you okay. pay seven hundred, and then- so, 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 you know, the, the, so the assumption that night was she's moving to the East Coast. Ah, I got you. So, if you move to the East Coast, and I know, like, okay, well, I'll pay for half the plane ticket, which is what probably be like seven hundred, 
three hundred dollars a piece. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. Or two kids, never mind. It's like six hundred. So okay, but I did not sign nothing because I didn't trust her. Right. Yeah. Sound fishy. <clears throat> Beyond fishy. And the fact remains that I kept telling her, and this is the DA has all this evidence. I kept saying, "How can I be a father if you're out of state?" Yeah, I was gonna say that too because that makes it a lot tougher on you. Like that move. Granted, she may want to move to the East Coast, and she may have always wanted to live in the snow. That's that's awesome, baby. But uh, we parents together now, so we got to be able to figure that part out. You can't do that on your own. But like I like I said, you know, and I will keep on saying. She's like a damn like a she's like damn like a praying mantis, you know what I mean? Where she doesn't want the guy fathers in the kids' life, so she can make it seem like what I did it myself. The woman, she's a narcissist for sure, for sure. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so 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 then she goes right. She does. She she goes to Africa and then she calls you like, hey. Oh yeah. So the call. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? So the call was this April 7th at 108 she calls my phone hey Gaia um I was going to let you know that if you go to the house on Sunday for the kids they won't be there I was like okay where they at? where where she was like well we moved to Africa what man I must have hugged that phone so fast and called her like her parents only for her dad stepdad to tell me don't put me involved in this. I don't want to be involved in this. Don't call my phone no more. I'm like, yo, okay. I called, I texted the mom, like, what is going on? Is she really took my kids to Africa? One word she put it for me was, yeah. I was like, wow. Wow. So I went to the police. And that's a whole other story, too. The whole Antioch police, they're so lazy. But with the police, I, you know, did the report. And then, you know, yeah, so I was two that was two days into it. And I, I finally said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and write the FBI. And I wrote the FBI that day at 3 o'clock. And somebody called me at 6.30 that night immediately. And that's how it all started with the feds backing me, per se. Yeah, I was going to say, because, because uh, I mean, I honestly... I wouldn't even know what to do at that point. Like I get, okay, I'm gonna call the police, right? Cause you gotta, you gotta do that. But, but I'm thinking like my local police department ain't going to Africa to get my kids. So, okay. So, uh, like who, who did you write at the FBI? You just sent like a random well, email, like to whom it may concern or. It was something like that, but then yet no. And I want to take that back with the FBI. I'm going to tell you, I got in contact with the state department, which those okay. are people who are in charge of, the um, passports, and they're the ones who called me back immediately. Uh, FBI, of course, they did tag on like a couple of days later, where it was on and popping. Uh, so, if this happened to anybody, that's the first thing you want to do, and then you also will want to contact the inbounding uh, country and see if they are there. You see where I'm coming from? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, go on from there. But my biggest fear was when she gets them out there, changing their names. Now, right. Now, if we go back, you know, 
I'll save that for later. But that was a fear. So, all right. So you get the FBI behind you, and then like, so then what's the what's the process? Like, what what happens? Oh, man. Like, so, how so, to... so so the process was super long. Where uh, this guy named Rick Rivera, which he was real good. He is the chief. He's an inspector of child abduction in uh, Contra Costa County. Well, the thing is, when you go to Ghana, they're they're in a non they're a non Hager Act, which means. They don't have to help the kidnapping case at all. They don't have to do nothing. Okay? So he's trying to contact them. It's no good. Nothing. Judges, you know, we have a go through some court thing and judge asked her, is she coming back? She was like, no. This is where we live now. She kept saying no. Well, so they were able to contact. They were able. It wasn't like she was. She was out there, and she wasn't like. Well, let me okay. Watch this. Replying. Me, all right. So let me let me let me let me go back, man, and tell you because I'm seeing it like it's like she's just playing it like this is normal. Like she just moved. <laughs> like she moved what, up the block, but that's what she made it <laughs> off top. That's what she made it seem like when she got out there. Because why? She when she tried to make it seem like she didn't kidnap the kids. You know what I'm saying? And anybody yeah. knows me, you know, dang well, I'm not gonna let my kids go to Africa just away from me that that for that long without me. Right. So what happened was, okay, so this is the okay, 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 okay. When they got to Africa, she actually flew up there with one of her cousins. Her cousins enabled her or helped her. They get out there, she starts posting stuff like, you know, how to get from uh, America to Ghana. You see, this is where the feds were really watching and following her suit. So she basically was bragging. Yeah. Okay. She told her viewers how to get there the, the legal way, but she did it the illegal way. <laughs> and then she mentioned... Yeah, that's the trip. Then she, yeah, she mentions in one of her videos, oh, yes, I went to Texas. I got it notarized. So you just told her yourself. Right, because why? Anyway, you could you could <laughs> you could throw a pencil, and you'll find twelve thousand notaries in California. So why don't you go to Texas? You see, right where right. it comes in, the lady, and she's known for this, and that's how it all happened. That's how she got the kids on the plane, because you know the kids go international. You're supposed to be there yourself, right? Divorce or not. But there's a paper that says if it's notarized and the person, the father gives permission, then you don't got to be there. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. All right. So this is social media is crazy, bro. So you, 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 you basically kidnap your own kids and move to the, to an, uh, like move completely to another continent and then make videos about how to <laughs> like what my man there's a bro she has a book out yo a book i say i didn't see it all man wow okay yeah. all right <laughs> all right so let's go let's go and let's get back to uh you, you got you got uh my man rivera's helping out you got the fbi you got the state department you got the police uh, judge is now in the picture. You're going through some court stuff. She says, no, I'm not coming back. 
Um, and then, then what? All right, so then the nose kept happening, kept happening, and then it went from, you know, like, yeah, uh, me not even talking to my kids, okay? From the time she took them, which was April 5th that she hopped on that plane, until September 8th, I had no contact with my kids at all. Um, the why I had contact with my kids on September 8th was because my sister had called them because it was her birthday, okay? And she was on the phone with my son. And she was like, Izzy, you want me to call your dad? He was like, yes. And so she called me. He was on the, you know, FaceTime. And I seen him. And then, of course, she got so vexed or upset that she blocked my sister. And I didn't talk to my son until maybe the next year. I talked to my daughter on her birthday, which was December. So within that whole year when she took them, I spoke with my kids twice. Twice. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. And when they were at home, even when she would go to work at San Pablo, I would pick up my kids religiously from daycare. My day or not, take them home and make sure they're safe. Yeah. But let her tell you the story. You know, she did it all. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie part is it's, <laughs> it's crazy, the fact of the scheming, you know what I'm saying? Where she basically thought she was 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you, she kept doing stuff, but then when she realized that, okay, so all this stuff she was doing, doing, I took a trip there in May of 21. I went out there, Contra Costa County had put out a search, locate, whatever, paper. I thought it was like a warrant to say, you know, if you know where she's at, I can, you know, get her arrested, right? Mm-hmm. I go to Ghana. One lady was going to jump the gun, but okay, let's go get her. This is, you know, this is BS. Let's go. Then the boss was like, no, we can't because such and such, such law. I'm like, what? Okay. I went to four courthouses in that area where, they, where my kids were at. One judge said, okay, I will help you get your son back, but the girl must stay. I was like, uh, I can't do that. My kids are like Milo and Otis. You know, they, they, they feed off each other. So I was like, mm, forget it. Then I went to the police station. But all this time, though, I'm not going to lie, the guy who was helping me while I was out there the first time was the chief of immigration. So I had my contacts. Of people mm-hmm. who I knew personally, my dad helped. You know where he knew diplomat. He knows diplomats, whatever. From, from you know a lot, a lot from West Africa. But anyway, this guy mm-hmm. Elijah was taking me to the high places. I spoke with the chief of police in Accra, and me and him actually almost got to altercation because he basically was like, "Well, if you don't got no money, I'm not helping." Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, he was like, he was like, wow. like, yeah, you got a small pocket change? I'm like, I have nothing to give you, my man. And he was like, well, then I can't help you. Wow. And I met with the Interpol vice president. And he basically said the paperwork, how does he know I didn't make it up? How does he know this is real? Where's the stamp at? Where's the stamp? I'm like, damn, bro. Like, can you call America? I'm not calling nobody. <laughs> okay. So my trip was kind of sort of wasted. 
You know, I couldn't come back with my kids because they wouldn't help me. However, I knew yeah. where they were at the whole time. But I just wanted to let her know that I knew. Okay. Yeah, because then she knows you know she might move. Yes. And, okay. you, know, you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you made the trip out there. You tried to do what you can, boots on the ground, right? That didn't work out. So you come back home. And, and then when this is, this is a, at that point, it's a, over a year. No, no. No, that, so May, May was like the month after she left. Yes. So I tried to come. Okay, I got you, got you. I tried to come right you. behind her because what happened was, you know, technology is a, is a beast where <clears throat> I took a screenshot and it basically located exactly where she was at. So okay. I knew where they were at. Okay. But again, All right. the, the police and, you know, foreign countries, they don't like America for one. So for two, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to help. They don't right. Help to help. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, sorry. So you, you went out there, you tried to try to get them back right away. That, that didn't work. Um, and then, so how long, how long does this go on before you were able to finally get some headway in this thing? All right, well, the headway, we know that came from when um, this guy, Evan, that's last name, but from uh, Channel 2 News, he took my story and, uh, you know, he ran with it, aired it, and all of a sudden, bam, I started getting calls left and right. Uh, people want to talk. You know, this podcast, that podcast, uh, their shares was like 760 shares which was the most the whole year behind mm-hmm. the case. So that opened up a lot of doors where now, of course, the feds are working triple hard. The DA actually took the case like, you know what? Uh, we're not going to play around because this is serious. You know, so that's when it really started getting serious when the news broadcasted it. Yeah, because that's when I, I saw I saw the news report and I was like, yo, this is wild. This is absolutely wild. Like, I couldn't believe couldn't believe it you know um it really is a nightmare because the thing is though you think you're protected you know what i'm saying it's like all this stuff happening you feel completely naked like oh god like what 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 just happened how does that yeah you know it's 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 scary yeah yeah all right so you got the you got the uh the news working for you that's obviously bringing some more attention so that starts to get the ball rolling and then um so then, like, what happens next? How do you how do you get the kids back? Okay, so basically going into the new year, they put a warrant out for her arrest, which was the warrant was one twenty twenty two. But we kept going to court, and she kept saying, like, oh, I'm not coming back. This is our homeland, blah, blah, blah. And every, like, three months, we would always talk. So to fast, fast forward, and I asked the, you know, State Department guy, which, man, Larry, this dude was, he, he was the man. He would talk to me, brainstorm with me, and just try to excuse me, help me out the, the best he could. So one day I said, well, you know what? Because I, I heard, because people would tell me what goes on her page, whatever, like the messages that she'll say or, you know, the subliminal messages, blah, blah, blah. So I said, well, how come we don't just send a package out there? And if she goes to the post office, then somebody can follow her. He was like, wait a minute. I'm going to call you back. That's how the ball really 
got kicked out the park. Okay. No, no so, I'm telling you, this is this is a movie, bro. He sent the sent the Trojan horse out there, man, <laughs> man. But see, oh the thing my is, gosh. Though, I set it up too, where she's so silly, where she, you know, everything with her was about money, man. It's about money. So what I did was two weeks before, I said, well, whatever shoes my kids want, I'll buy. Just go to the store and let me see it. And that's what she did. She went to the store and, you know, I was buttering her up. Then my son had to hit me up like, hey, dad, can I have some pizza? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's the last pizza you have in Africa. <laughs> I don't care. So I sent him $30 and $30 to them is like 300 out here. So okay. I sent the money. And, you know, she was, oh, thank you, thank you. In my head, like, oh, whatever, I don't like it. Yeah, like, I really, I, like, I can't stand her. Well, mm -hmm. and then <laughs> the the funny thing was, so she had told me, oh, thank you for the package. Said they lost it, but they found it. They had to go in the back and found it. Now I'm on my way home. In my head, I'm like, yeah, no. They knew where it was. They just got their people in position to follow yeah. you home. So after all that happened, about two weeks later, I received a message from the African IPCA, which is uh, basically the people at the embassy. And they had asked me, would I be willing to come to Ghana to get my kids again, to get my kids, and am I vaccinated? I said, hell yes to everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then another two weeks happens, and they're talking to me. They're like, so well, what's going on? Like, uh you know, like, are you buying your ticket or what? Because you're the holdup right now. I was like, oh, really? Say less. Bought my one-way ticket, flew out there. They gave me the itinerary to what to do. Like, basically, I get there, I, you know, pay my own expense, pay for my hotel, and coming back, they got me type thing. You know, like, don't worry, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. So that Monday on the 12th, I get to the embassy. It's about nine, nine fifteen ish. I walk up, and the lady was like, "Oh my God, Mister Vine! You know, it was me talking to you. Uh, it was nice to meet you. The kids, they're en route. So not only did I receive my kids, you see, also the other kids, her other three children, oh wow, were were, 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 were with her. You know, again, I can't speak for the other father." But I can only speak for myself, where I knew going there, I would have to be responsible to bring all five of them back home. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, so I go into the embassy. Of course, you have no phones, whatever. And then uh, they were telling me that the oldest son was really upset because <laughs> they basically got the door kicked in at 530 in the morning, guns blazing, get down, and a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I spoke to the oldest kid immediately. I said, hey, look here, man. If your mom would have did things the right way, I wouldn't be here. And, yeah. he, uh, you know, he was calm. He said, you know, I got a question. I said, what's up? He said, did you hit my mom ever? I said, nah, man. I never touched your mom. And he was like, okay. He said, I, I had a feeling you never did. But that's what she's telling people. I'm like, this is bad. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You want to make me the bad guy, and this is why you went out there. But it was all this selfish game. But, you know, behind all this, when all this first started, why I went so hard is the fact 
there's a test message she sent me. I'll never forget. She said, you will be lucky if when these kids turn 18, if they come looking for you, if they choose. I said, hell no. Because in reality, that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. That could easily happen. But she wasn't smart enough, and she kept herself on social media because she could have went to Africa and never said she was in Ghana, and I'll never found my kids probably. Yeah, she could have just disappeared. But whoever her people were, were, I guess, telling her, she kept saying it in court, I know I'm protected here in Ghana. You can't do anything to me. But you see, America was talking to Ghana, and they were doing something that's called a, I forgot, oh, something, uh, oh, man. I, 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 but anyway, it's where two nations talk, and they try to talk, you know, for resolution. So mm-hmm. the thing got pretty big when you talk about the FBI, Interpol, the State Department are all involved. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Man, that's huge. Okay, all right. So <laughs> this is I'm telling you, bro, this is this is uh this is like a movie. All right, so you go out there, you got your one way, they bring all the kids to the embassy. So all five of them, and you're now responsible for all five kids. Is yeah, that am, yes, I, am I getting yes. that? Okay. To bring them back. So, so you're responsible to bring them back, but you're not like they're not like saying every all these kids is yours now. No, no way. Okay. No. <laughs> all right. No, no, no. All right. All right, so they, they kicked in the door, they grabbed the kids, and, you know, I, that's obviously traumatic, and you got to deal with that, and, but but you get to go home and be with your father. So you get all five kids, you come back. Um, what are the other, like, the the other, like, the other parents, like, the other parents? Uh, so you got two, the other three, are they with the same dad? Uh, just two. The other one is, the other dad is, like, bedridden from a stroke or something like that, but that was, okay. that was her first kid. But uh, the other guy, you know, again, with this whole Hebrew-Israelite stuff, the middle kids are brainwashed the most. I ain't gonna lie. Gotcha. You know, they, they're really, really brainwashed about their religion uh, or practice, I'm gonna say. I don't know if people like to say religion, so that, that practice. Um, everything, I guess, the mom says, of course, you know, they believe, you know. Yeah. My son actually had, I had a moment with him. He said, well, if my mom was my only parent out in, in, in Ghana, was I supposed to believe everything she told me? And I said, man, you know what I'm saying? yeah, that's your mom, but I'm here to tell you, you know, she lied to you, son. She lied to a lot of people, and this is why mm-hmm. she's in trouble. And, and, you know, me personally, I'm not bashing her. I'm just, like Bob Marley said, man, I'm telling my kids the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. You know, yeah. uh, this woman has wanted me out my kid's life since, you know, way back when, like I say, tell me got the house at, you know, a baby one month. Like, what what woman does that? I never put my hands on her. Never, you know. So it's like a lot of stuff. She has issues to me. That's what I look yeah. at. But, yeah. Okay. So, so you make it back home. Uh, you you distribute the kids, right? Everybody's kind of come get their kids. Yeah. Um, and you you got your you got your two now. Um, does she does she in jail or something? Like what happened okay, to her? So that <laughs> that's another funny story that I could definitely tell. So when that day I was at the embassy with all five kids, she was waiting basically at the 
immigration. They separated her from the kids at immigration. We flew mm -hmm. it back home that night, and she flew the next morning. Well, she flew into New York. So all I can tell you is when she flew into New York, which is the entering port, she was apprehended and took into the, the, the girls' Rutgers Island. So oh, she wow. was there for about, I guess, a week and a half. And she did a little arraignment there. And then whoever from Contra Costa County went there to get her to come back to, you know, the Bay. So when she comes back home, she posts bail with her mom. And the mom has been, uh, more ways than one, an accomplice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, there's no way whatever she's doing, what she does, or she believes that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't answer for her mom, but it's like, yo, your daughter's got, she went through a lot of trouble. You just don't know it. So, what else can I talk about? Okay, so yeah, so the kids came back. Um, hold on, where were we, well, yeah, where were we at? Oh, okay, I lost track. She, she, no, they came, the county came and got her, brought oh, her back that's home. that's right, that's right. Yeah, so she, when she came she back home, the other guy, um, the other dad had basically told the, the, the grandma, like, okay, you know, we'll split the kids, whatever, because he works. So for him, he's like, man, you ain't going to mess with my money. So let me try to, you know, work, do what I can do. And the oldest ones, you know, go see your grandma, but y'all coming back. So when the ex-wife had came back from uh, her sit down, she immediately came back and told, oh, boy, oh, yeah, whatever agreement you and my mom had, you can forget it because the kids were staying here. But I, I told bro, I said, look, I said, you got you to call somebody because that's basically that's kidnapping again. The same, I was just saying it's the same thing. It's just local. That's it, bro. So this is what I'm dealing with right now, you know? And I, I'm going to say this. In the, <laughs> the press forward, there's a restraining order on her against me where she can't come, you know, close to me or the kids. But that night, the same day when she got back to Cali, she texted me. <laughs> wonder could she do my daughter's hair and what time my kids get out of school i said I said who's this <laughs> she was like the mother of your kids i'm like huh. i didn't even answer her bro i'm like yeah yeah you gotta you gotta tread very lightly with that one yeah all right so how how long have they how long have they been back home how long do you you got Wait, the kids man. they was we came back to cali on the on the 12th or 13th but yeah, they've been back here for about two months, so about two months. Damn. So, uh, so since since April of 2020 till two months ago, well, 2021. So they've been gone for oh, okay, okay, a year and six months though. Still, okay, okay, okay. No, I ain't I ain't minimizing it at all. That's <laughs> dog. That that is uh wow. That is like I said, man. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe you if I didn't know it was true. <laughs> like this story is wild, man. All right, so you got the kids back now. You two months, and and how's how's everything now? Like you finally kind of you. I'm assuming now you got to rebuild some bonds and kind of like kind of recreate because you guys have basically missed missed a year and a half of time together. So what is that? What is it like now? What's the uh, what's the dynamic? The relationship with the fam? Well, the dynamic, you know, for my kids is, you know, it's all love. You know, my son, he for sure like he's my ace. You know, he knows who I am. He knows what I bring to the table. My daughter is more or less like all over me now, you know, like 
daddy, daddy, I love you. Oh, my daddy. You know, and I, I feel good because unlike her mom, I'm there for her. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I, 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 I have not ran away despite what has been trying to chase me away. Right. My son is heavily involved in sports where like, he's like, I can't wait to play football. Dad, are you going to coach me? I'm like, Oh God, you know, but <laughs> again, you know, here, here I am. I'm looking at like, you know what? I will invest more in what my son, <laughs> because mm -hmm. so yeah, things, you know, are great, man. Uh, the only thing I don't like that happened was, you know, so now we're all forward. We're all back here. They had African names. Okay. So okay. here it is. My daughter, four years old. She can't spell her name. Her ABCs, she barely knew. But her mouth is sharp as a tack because the way the mom lives is more or less like, you know, you're my friend. Mm-hmm. It's all bad. My son, I believe through the trauma, he stutters real bad now. You know, he can't read at a second grade level. However, the thing to me, which is unique with him, is he's dope as hell in math, which is weird. You tell him your age, he'll tell you when you're in second grade, first grade. I'm like, how do you do that? And he, he, he can spell. The boy, all his spelling tests so far, all A's. I'm like, but you call out words when you read, but hey, great. And they love school. Yeah. They love yeah. school. And that's yeah. It it just takes some time, some time and practice. It all it'll all come together. Um and now with some consistency, right? And they're not, you know, uh potentially fleeing the country, right? They can kind of settle <laughs> in and yeah. you guys can kind of hone in and lock in on making sure that their education is taken. That'll all come uh when it's supposed to. Um, because they're back where they're supposed to be. Yes. Yes. I agree. And that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, man. Look, uh, gosh, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> this is wild. Um, but I do, I do have a couple questions for you. Like I, I, I the story is, is it is what it is and it, it, it's a happy ending, right? Because you were able to, to work through it. And then that should be like a lesson and a message to, to brothers out there, because I know there are guys I'm actually doing a, um, doing a little uh, a series with uh, with some brothers kind of talking about um, co-parenting and and how to navigate that, especially with the holidays going on. And your situation is is an extreme case of it. But but understanding what you know, what your rights are, what what you know, what you should be getting from, you know, you're a father. You should be able to spend time with your kids and you should be able to be around and be present and be involved. Um <sighs> What, what, after all that you've gone through, after all that you had to go through to get your kids and now you got them, um, what does fatherhood, what does fatherhood mean to you? Uh, fatherhood is straight up just never giving up on yourself <laughs> nor your kids. Uh, you mm. gotta, you gotta show them, you know, you could tell somebody you love them all day, every day, but when they see it, seeing is believing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the most genuine way I could describe it, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you definitely showed up, bro. You had a full on sting operation. You had, it was like a James <laughs> Bond movie. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so I'll say this then. Um, if, if, uh, 
if we had a, a like I, I just talked about, I got doing some 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 talking to some some fathers, and um, if I were to have you come on and talk to them, kind of about fatherhood, right? We're just talking to fathers, and obviously there's fathers listening to this, and maybe this message could be for them. Um, what would what would you say to fathers? What is your what is your message? Other than you know, we know what fatherhood is and never give up. Um, but what would your message to fathers be? My message to fathers would be is legally always know your rights uh and you know what through through all this stuff as marshawn would say you got your mentos man you got to be mentally tough and understand what is going on and what they're trying to make you do us as mm-hmm. men we can't just go beast mode all the time and holler and scream and threaten to get our way sometimes you know like the uh fed guy told me you gotta get, you gotta, you gotta be sweet to get the, the whatever to get the honey. Mm-hmm, you, can't, mm-hmm. you can't be bitter, or you won't get nowhere. You know, uh, and don't correct me wrong. I ain't saying kiss ass neither. But at the end of the day, the goal should always be about the kids. Mm-hmm. Forget the, forget the baby mama. Sometimes, hey, if your wife is getting your nerves, but just remember, it's about the kids at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's it's easier to uh, to catch flies with honey than it is with vinegar. Yeah. Um. All right. So similar idea. Either either right now, uh, they probably won't. They ain't listening to podcasts right now. So like years down the line, uh, your kids stumble across this on on YouTube or they they stumble across it on on Spotify or something, um, and they get to the end of the episode and they're like, "Hey, man, what is Dad talking about? What what message do you want them to hear?" I mean, for me, it's the, you know, never give up. Never give up on anything. Never give up on yourself. Uh, people will tell you you can't do it, you know. And if I listen to every person tell me you can't do it, then let's just start here. I wouldn't have gone to college. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even uh, pursue football. You know, I wouldn't be here as we are today to, for me to, to talk to you, you know. Uh, so I really believe you got to keep pressing and understand I always post it on my social media stuff. Every day is a new day to get things right, you know, and that's the main thing I want my kids to understand is you do not give up on yourself or life. You only get one. Yeah, yeah I like it, man. I like because that that's something that and you I mean, even even earlier, we talked about like your, your journey to playing college football and you say you took the long road, but you never gave up. Right. You went. Yeah. went some different directions and things where it wasn't a straight line from high school to, to the end. Uh, you had to make some lefts and some rights, but you got where you needed to get. And I think that's important to point out, right? Is there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be things that happen in our lives and in our kids' lives. But as long as we can kind of teach them to never give up and to keep pushing forward and to always believe in themselves, things will end up working out in the end. I mean, like they say, you know, and once again, football and life go hand in hand, man. Adversity, you know? There's no I in team, you know, but I can say there is a me because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what you do on the field, you got to go home and sleep with yourself. There's mm-hmm. no I where, like, you can't do it all, but yet you're responsible for who you are. You know? 100%. 100%. 
Man, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know, I know you're busy. I know you got stuff going on, and and man, as a father, I know how that can be. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story. And like I told you, I, I mean, I think it's something that that people need to hear, um, because it could have happened to anybody, right? I I don't think that you thought going into this, like this was gonna happen to you, um, and it may not. Like I said, for other guys, it may not be on 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 the scale that it happened for you, but it might be another state another city, uh, she may just disappear, right? And then you can't find your kids. and, and Or she may be in the same city and you just won't get any access. And you got to fight through it. Um, you got to continue to father forward. And, and I think you exemplified that. It, it, you fathered through all of this. You continue to be uh, the man that you decided that you wanted to be for your kids. And you fought and and, and traveled and contacted people and, and interview and did everything that you had to do to get your kids, man. And I just want to, I want to give you your flowers on that one, brother, because like, I don't think it's a lot of dudes that's fighting hard enough and their kids is in the same city. Well, and their kids is next. I'm going to bring my kids in here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to look, if somebody ever see this, they're going to understand the definition of happiness. You'll see how they are. <laughs> Krista. <laughs> I want to come in here, but yeah, man, I, I take the time with my kids. Because they, they got to understand, you know, that good fathers exist. Yeah, they do. Come here, they do, man. <laughs> Hold on. Stay right there. Come here. Just say, come here. Just say hi. 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 How you guys doing? Good. Good, good, good. You guys having a good night? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Look at you guys, man. All big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my happiness, man. Period. Yeah. Yeah. You, go, you guys got an amazing father. If you guys can still hear me, you got an amazing father, man. He's done amazing, and he's going to continue to be amazing for you. Oh, yeah. All right, brother, I'm going to let you go uh, so you can go go have fun with those beautiful babies, and uh, I'm going to go do the same. Uh, thank you again. If people want to reach out, so say some guys are going through a similar struggle and they may have some questions for how you managed it, um, how would they be able to reach out to you? What's the what's the best way to do that? Well, I mean, you could reach out on uh, social media. Um, yeah, social media, I always respond. Uh, definitely, please go watch the YouTube um segment of the um of the news of the broadcast um okay then like i say then you understand the full length of the story you know like i say to me all this is motivated by her wanting to be into the hebrew israelite religion so so bad but anyway so youtube you can go to and it's typing g-a-y-a space v-i-a-a-n and the case will the video will pop up. It'll pop up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a guest profile attached to the, um, to the podcast episode and you'll have uh, contact information for them there. I'll link that. I'll link that in there too. Um, and yeah, guys go check that out, man, because like I said, it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. And it's always best to educate yourself uh, on, on ways to overcome whatever obstacle may be coming your way. Yes, sir. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Yeah, no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. For sure. All right, man. All right.
You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also, follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.